It is really uh, wonderful to have you all. Uh, this is our sixth uh, retreat on happiness uh, seminar. So as you look at uh, the slides, these are the topics that we have covered. First, uh, a pursuit of uh, pursuit of happiness that uh, we looked at, and we looked at. Uh, dynamics of uh, happiness and uh, using uh, Philippians, uh, four chapters of Philippians, uh, we looked at it and then we looked at the dynamics of happiness. And happiness, 50% uh, you're born with it and 40%, 10% comes from your circumstances and 40% is uh, what you do. That's the first uh, lecture that we looked at it. And then uh, St. Paul's uh, main principle from the uh, your belief system, actually, uh, the happiness comes. And then, uh, God who began a good work will bring it to completion. That was uh, Paul's belief system. So even though he went through so many different uh, difficult circumstances, he was able to be happy in spite of uh, his uh, circumstances and the second uh, lecture we uh, looked at uh, meaning of life and we uh, reflected on uh, suffering and then third lecture uh, we looked at you and I that uh, happiness comes from the relationship there are two kinds of relationship I thou relationship and I it uh, relationship and then most of our relationship is I it relationship but uh, most of our happiness comes from I thou relationship rather than I-it relationship. In I-it relationship, you use uh, the other person uh, for yourself. So you are the most, I is most important. So I-it, everything else is, uh, becomes just object for your own happiness. But that doesn't really give you happiness. But most of our business uh, relationship and everything is I-it relationship. But I, that relationship is you, Give up yourself for the sake of relationship. So in I-Thou relationship, important thing is not I nor Thou. Uh, it is the dash that connects I and Thou. So end is uh, what's important. So through that, we uh, experience true uh, happiness. And then uh, we looked at uh, change uh, uh, last year. And then this year, uh, we are going to look at journey to fullness. Think of it as, uh, for most of you, a uh, vacation uh, with uh, spiritual reflection. It's a good enough place uh, for you to have a uh, vacation, time uh, away, uh, but with a spiritual reflection component. I hope that. And then spiritual uh, reflection, uh, when can you do that, uh, really? I don't want to live like an animal. You know, doing all kinds of things, just work and eat and enjoy and a pleasure and whatever. I don't want to live like a, an animal because I'm not an animal. I'm more than an animal. Uh, I want to live meaningfully. And to uh, live meaningfully, spiritual reflection is very much part of it. Uh, because we human beings are not uh, just uh, a social being, uh, just a biological being. We uh, human beings are spiritual beings. Then, uh, if you, we are a spiritual being, then without spiritual reflection, how can we live uh, uh, really meaningful spiritual life? 
just before uh, the lecture, I was talking with John, and then, yeah, how's your life, and yeah, busy, and then, yeah, he, he said, really, really too busy, and you know, it's not good, and, and, so, and we said, that is more modern life. In modern life, the word busy is what you experience all the time. It doesn't matter who you are, busy. Whether you're professional or uh, uh, mothers uh, staying home or ministers, religious peop uh, people, busy. Me too. Just we're busy uh, uh, really reflects my life. So many things to do, so many things to take care of, such as work, taking care of kids, and so on. Every day is filled with schedule. Uh, uh, without, without this, I cannot survive. It's my second Bible. One day, I left. Why do you keep bothering me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay? Yeah, okay. <laughs> this is my second Bible. Uh, uh, without this, uh, I can't go anywhere. Because one day I left uh, this at home, I felt so vulnerable. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even concentrate. I couldn't even focus because I don't know what's going to. Maybe email, maybe text, or maybe uh, some, some, uh, somebody's trying to call me, emergency case, whatever. This is my second Bible. And then all schedule is within me without looking at what I have every day. I don't know what I have because so many. Uh, I can't just remember uh, anymore. We are so busy. Every day is filled with some kind of schedule. And we have to also uh, sque squeeze in what we want to do uh, with the time left over. If there's any time left over, if there's no time left over, we make sure that there, there's time left over for golf or for uh, something that we uh, want to do. So this kind of retreat is a good opportunity to forget about everything. Just forget about your life in Toronto. Uh, just forget, forget about everything. Just enjoy each other. Uh, and enjoy God. Enjoy the nature. When can you do that? You don't even see the, the earth. You know, you don't, you don't touch the earth even uh, many times. Uh, so enjoy uh, some quiet time. Uh, maybe today and tomorrow. Uh, put your life into reflection mode uh, instead of just uh, talking. I mean, talking is good. Have, have good talks. But uh, instead of just social life, uh, why don't you have time for yourself, spiritual uh, aspect uh, of your life. Uh, don't think of this uh, just another activity to check off. Be more focused on being in touch with yourself, maybe. Who am I? What am I going through? Uh, what do I, how do I feel? What am I feeling? Do I like my life? Do I like my relationships? Uh, do I like what I do? Uh, what is bothering me?
this morning in devotion, we talked about it. Uh, do I worry about something? Why do we worry about uh, these things? Or do we have some issues or challenges, family issues or uh, family problems? Uh, just uh, think about it. Or you have uh, your personal problems, uh, yourself, uh, health or finance or uh, relationship. You know, sit down. Is it best way is just to emotionally react to my situation? Or is there a better way to respond to my situations uh, in my life? So things like that, I, I hope that we can have some uh, uh, moments of reflection. You know, you, you may not uh, actually get answer, but what is more important is direction rather than, rather than the answer. If you find the direction, the answer will come. So the answer will not come uh, immediately. So you know, if you find, at least I hope that you can find some direction uh, for uh, your issues and uh, problems. Uh, doing spiritual reflection is important to keep our sanity in this uh, very busy life we are living. We are facing all kinds of challenges and problems. Uh, we worry about our future, our career, and some of us uh, shared already that I'm uh, making a career change, professional change. I'm very, very scared uh, what uh, that might uh, mean. Uh, what if uh, I don't get good professional uh, career, then uh, how am I going to have a material uh, basis uh, for uh, my living? Uh, for some others, uh, you take care of your aging parents or uh, ill parents, and you're very worried uh, about your sick uh, parents. Uh, some of you have uh, uh, children uh, that you're, uh, you have to take care of. And some of your children may have some uh, personal issues and problems. Or some of you have uh, uh, newborn babies. Uh, and then you're struggling with uh, uh, sleep, a lack of sleep. And then, oh, gee, how am I going to raise uh, this child in this uh, cruel uh, world? And some of you are thinking about, gee, uh, who will be my future partner uh, for my uh, to share uh, my life with? Uh, so all these things uh, are issues. And some of you may uh, simply feel that so lethargic and you suffer from meaninglessness and pointlessness of life. And stress may have been piled up and you feel totally defeated. Or some of you are really eager to have more deeper spiritual life, deeper relationship uh, with God. How can you deal with all these things without spiritual insight and spiritual understanding? I think Spirituality will help us greatly to restore passion, joy, and meaningfulness of life. I mean, recreation helps us 
deal with our stress. So we need recreation. But rec recreation can do only so much. Uh, some of stress you can uh, be relieved of, but recreation can do so much. You need deeper problems. You cannot deal with it with recreation. We need to cultivate our spirituality to deal with the deeper challenges of life. You know, the people are becoming smarter and smarter, and they realize that a lot of people realize that our material life is not good enough anymore. So even whether you're Christians or not, modern people uh, have found the importance of spirituality. For their, I mean, they're not religious necessarily. Uh, they uh, found the importance of spirituality for their healthy living or uh, good uh, living, meaningful living. Uh, they're, they're not any more satisfied uh, with material success and all that. And so uh, even in our church, some of you are uh, really uh, re reducing down, uh, you know, houses and all that. Uh, because they believe that, oh, to, to live with that kind of luxury, you have to work that much more and all that stuff, that's not worth it. So some modern people, whether you're Christians or not, they uh, have the wisdom that I need to cultivate uh, spirituality. So you see uh, yoga clubs everywhere, meditation uh, groups and uh, book clubs and all that, all that. If exercise is for your uh, physical body, then these groups uh, are for your mental and spiritual body for your mind and for your soul. Even modern people, uh, whether you, uh, even non-Christians, uh, they uh, do that. The person that I know, uh, she's not Christian, but uh, once in a while she comes to our church too. Uh, but she's not Christian. She says that she's not Christian, but she comes to our church and she enjoys it. Uh, and uh, I know she, she, she went to Guatemala or uh, Chile. I'm not sure which one. Uh, for, uh, she, she's a yoga teacher. Uh, yoga uh, retreat. Uh, so uh, there's a beautiful mountain. You go there and then have meditation and a quiet time. I will show you some. Some Thai here. Just over there and then sit down. <laughs> Looking over the lake. You know, see, uh, there's another one. Oh, yeah. Mm. You know, so they, 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 they see the importance of spirituality. You know, human beings are not stupid. You live with luxury for a while, you realize that the luxury doesn't satisfy you anymore. You need deeper things to satisfy you. Uh, and so we Christians do that meditation on our faith, the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's uh, what you're doing right now here. So I hope that you use this opportunity to do that during this uh, weekend. This year's theme is Journey to Fullness. It is interesting to see life as journey. I got two slides for that. That is what I took uh, when we prepared for the uh, Santiago Camino trip. Uh, uh, which, which place was that? Uh, Saint, uh, James. Garden, James Garden. This is James Garden in the winter. And that is Santiago, actually. Uh, we went to uh, Santiago Camino uh, for uh, one week. And then, uh, 
So, journey. When we say life is journey, what do we mean, what, what do we mean by that? Of course, it's a metaphor. Life is not journey. Life is light journey. It's a metaphor. But when you use metaphor, you do it because it carries certain meaning. So when we say that life is journey, what meaning does it communicate? You know, uh, we use metaphor to communicate something abstract, something that uh, there's hard to describe or de define. You use metaphor. Something like something. For example, you're like an angel or you're like a flower, then, uh, you know, you, you carry certain meaning about uh, that person. Then, when we say life is journey, uh, what does that mean? Uh, I mean, uh, we can use different uh, metaphor. At least three metaphors I could come up with to describe modern life. Life can be like hamster's wheel. And when we say life is hamster's wheel, what does that tell us? Every day seems to be the same routine. You wake up in the morning, go to work, and on the weekend, you kind of have downtime, and it's too short, and more, uh, Monday morning, you have to go to work like crazy. And doing the same thing over and over again. The movie Groundhog Day de depicts that very well. You wake up in the morning, you go through exactly the same pattern, same route. You know, when I look at it, look at myself, I take exactly the same road. And I go to exactly the same coffee shop. And I do exactly the same thing. Almost it's like Groundhog Day. Every day uh, is same thing. It describes the meaningless repetition of life. If you cannot go, go ahead with your life because of your fear, you live like that. If you don't change because of your fear, you'll just go round and round and round like that. 20 years, 30 years, 40 years will pass by, and then your life is over. What have I done? I can see life in that way. The second picture that I see is, we can see life as conveyor belt. The second one, uh, the entry level, intermediate management, senior management, you <laughs> go up, but it's already programmed. You know, uh, there's a little bit more scary picture is next one. Oh my goodness. <laughs> You go to hell! <laughs> if you keep going down, you go to hell. <laughs> you know, it doesn't repeat itself at the same place. Uh, it goes somewhere, but the destiny and path are already decided. You don't have much control over its direction or destiny. We are moving forward, but not by our will or intention. What I have to do is already programmed for me. I don't have much choice. This metaphor shows life that is trapped 
in already fixed pattern. Time and space, we are trapped. Or we can see, third picture, we can see life like Sisyphus in uh, mythology. It's not there. What happened? That's the next picture. Next slide. How come? That is. Okay. Sisyphus uh, is a Greek mythology. <clears throat> this uh, man uh, rolls uh, the, the, you know, the, uh, the, the huge boulder to the, up to the mountain. Uh, and then as you get to the peak, the rock rolls down uh, to the bottom. You go down and pick it up and roll it up again. And at the top, you, it goes back down again. You know, I know uh, this man, uh, he had a, a restaurant. Uh, he made lots of, uh, not lots of money, but enough money. Uh, and then he invested all that money for retirement fund uh, in stock. And then a few years ago, there was a stock crash. He lost all of them. He lost all of them. All his life, immigrant life, he saved money, working so hard without having vacation, just for preparing for the retirement fund, and then it just disappeared. So he's back to zero. Within, within my congregation. And that is kind of, uh, we can see life. I mean, we, we did all that, and at, at one point, you lose everything. And sometimes, Life is like that. So when we see life like a journey, we see a very different picture from those pictures that I showed you. When we say life is a journey, it has purpose, direction, and process. These three things are part of journey. Purpose, direction, process. You have to have a clear purpose for the journey. What is your life's purpose? What is your unique purpose of life? And you have to set the direction in trying to achieve that purpose. And I don't believe that purpose can be making money. Uh, I think we have a greater purpose. I don't think purpose is just to uh, enjoy it. We have a greater purpose. God called us for a certain purpose in life. Not just for myself for humanity, for others, for church, for God. And then if you don't find that purpose, I don't know whether we can do even journey. So first we have to find purpose. And if you found a purpose, then you have to have a direction. What am I going to, how am I going to 
serve this purpose or fulfill that purpose. And then there is process that you have to take. So when we say life is journey, we are saying very intentional living. You don't live life because it's there. You don't climb mountain because it's there. You intentionally choose to live a certain life. So you are active agent of choosing what kind of life you're going to live. You're not going to just live life because life is given. Circumstances is given to you. This is kind of life I'm going to live. So then I have to cut down that part of it, and I choose to live. And that is empowerment. When we say that life is journey, it is empowerment. I decide what kind of life I'm going to live. I don't live life as it is given. I want to choose what kind of life I live. Whether it's a 40 years, 50 years, 6 years, 7 years, 8 years, this is one life, and this is the kind of life I'm going to live. You, we choose. And then you set the direction. And then you make the process of it. You know, some of you uh, love to travel. Uh, and when you travel, you experience something uh, new uh, all the times. What you experience is never the same. You may go to the same place twice, but what you experience there is very, very different each time. Uh, I went to Paris uh, three times, but every time it was different. It's, it is never like on a conveyor belt. Unpredictable, mysterious, but fun. Not always pleasant, maybe, but still memorable. So it is wise to spend money for travel, uh, wiser than buying things, because you buy experience. I once uh, read uh, this article, The Science of Why You Should Spend Your Money on Experiences, Not Things. It was written by Dr. Thomas Gilovich, uh, Cornell University. He has, been he has been studying the question of money and happiness for over two decades. This is what he said. We buy things to make us happy, and we succeed, but only for a while. New things are exciting to us at first, but then we adapt to them. While the happiness from material purchases diminishes over time, experiences become an ingrained part of our identity, you know? When you buy a good TV, after a while, you don't even feel that it's a, a good TV. You don't even feel that it's a, uh, you know, a uh, new one. When you buy a new car, same thing. You drive it, and after a while, you even forget that you're driving a, a really, really uh, good car. I don't know, maybe if you buy a really, really good car, you may feel <laughs> every day that I'm like, ah, driving a good car. <laughs> I don't feel that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, whenever I uh, go to mission, 
in different places, I always experience something new. You know, I went to several places, South Africa, Malawi, Brazil, Madagascar, Kazakhstan, China, and other places. Every place was so different. People I met were different. You know what funny thing is? I, I met some Koreans, second generation, third generation Koreans, second generation, third generation Koreans in Kazakhstan, in China, in Japan, are all different. They all look like Russian and Chinese and uh, Japanese. Every place you go to, uh, you have different experience. Whenever I did that mission, the journey transformed me and challenged how I would think, and in that way, it shaped my identity. So sometimes, you know, short-term mission is better than just vacation. Vacation, you just go to one place and then come back. But when you go on a short-term mission, it, uh, you experience something uh, different. What I experienced there is ingrained in me. It will always be there as a memory. But not just as a memory. Even when the memory is faded away, what that experience did to me will remain deep in my soul. That was what happened to the disciples when they, when they met Jesus. The experience was so, so deep and profound that it changed their lives. Gospel was written in such a way that it is a journey of the disciples who met Jesus. Actually, to discover that life is journey, you don't need, you don't need to go to Kazakhstan. You don't need to go to far, far away place. Right here in your life, you can experience that life's journey. Jesus never went any place other than Jerusalem and Galilee. 150 kilometers. That's all he traveled. Shorter than from here to Toronto is about 200 kilometers. Of course, Jesus walked. So it took much longer uh, than our journey. Uh, uh, but Jesus didn't go to uh, Rome or any uh, exotic places to experience that life is journey. Right in his own circumstances, he experienced that life was journey. I hope that you take life, uh, life is journey seriously. This journey seriously and intentionally. Life is more than hamster's wheel, more than conveyor belt. It has to be. Otherwise, it's too depressing. Why do you live? Kill yourself. That's what uh, Schopenhauer said. Why do you live? Kill yourself. If life is like a conveyor belt, life is like a hamster's wheel, What's the meaning of just go on, going on? Kill yourself. So life has to be more than that. And I refuse to live like a hamster's wheel or a conveyor belt. Life is journey and journey to fullness. Whether you take it intentionally or not, the fact that life is journey does not change. Every place you go to, Every person you meet, every experience you have will have profound impact 
on your life. It will shape your identity and also your destiny. You know, I don't know where I read it, uh, but this uh, what I got, and it's a beautiful. So I, uh, uh, so I cannot tell you who's, who said it. Every thought we have, every decision we make, every action we take, there's song limit. Every step I take, every, what's that? There's song, right? Da 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 dee da, dee da da dee da. Is that the song? Yeah? Huh? Right? Yeah, police? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Something like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> every thought we have, every decision we make, every action we take, every emotion we allow to shape our behavior, every response we make to the world around us, every relationship we enter into, every reaction we have towards the things that surround us and impinge upon our lives, all of these things, little by little, are shaping us into some kind of being. How true that is. The people that you meet, new people that you meet, the new relationship you enter into, new experience that you have, it all uh, kind of uh, uh, makes you who you are. It shapes you. You are not completely formed yet. Your identity is not completely fixed yet. You are being formed and being reformed and being transformed. That's what life journey, life's journey is like. You're continuously being formed, reformed, and transformed. And depending on who you meet, depending on what you did, do, and depending on what experience you have. As you look back, as I look back, I'll be able to see the path that I have walked on. And then I say to myself, aha, that is the path that I took. But when I look forward and try to look at the path, it's not visible. I can't see it. What path am I going to take? And from here, maybe that path is not there yet. I need to make that path from this point on. I can see the path behind me. Ah, this is the path I took. But path ahead of me is not written yet. It's not paved yet. It is you who have to pave it. It is you who have to make it. And you have to intentionally make it. You cannot just, okay, somebody, can you please make a path for me so that I can walk? That's a wimpy way of looking at life. You have to look at it and create and pave the path. What kind of life you want to live? If we take our life journey more seriously, how much more meaningful and enriching our experiences may be. But as you look at it, it is not you who take the path to who make that spiritual journey. 
you allow God from now on to shape your journey. Can you do that? Instead of you create your own path, can you allow room for God to shape that journey from now on? So far, if you have worked so hard to shape your own journey from now on, do you have enough room for God, for allowing God to shape that journey for you? God will shape the journey for you. My friends, the real journey is not what happens outside. The real journey is what happens within us. What we are talking about is not what happened on the outside, such as having a new child, new baby, changing your job and career, moving and buying a new house, having children go away for school, meeting a significant new person, and so on. That's what happens on the outside. But what's happening on the inside? That's the journey. When you just had a little baby, what happened on the inside? You know, when uh, I share already uh, with you, when Grace was born, uh, she had a really difficult time to survive. Uh, my wife uh, was in uh, kind of, uh, she was in an unconscious uh, level. Uh, she couldn't even see the baby. I was the one who uh, went to uh, the room by myself, and she was in incubator, and she had I don't know how many needles whole body was filled with needles, some kind of, uh, 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 I don't know exactly what those. And then when I looked at uh, those needles, you know, my heart, it, it ached. It gave me tremendous pain. The little baby, uh, instead of being in the arms of mothers or fathers, uh, you know, gentle, uh, comfortable uh, the, the, the hand, the, in the incubator with needles. And I was thinking about uh, the nail on the cross. I was thinking about uh, Jesus being nailed uh, on the cross. Uh, so what's happening on the outside is not as important as what's happening inside. If you have a uh, little baby, probably you learn compassion, patience, even sacrificial, painful loving. You don't mind that? You know what love is? I think I uh, told you uh, uh, that I talked talk, uh, to Josh and then, yeah, yeah, uh, I gave him something and then, yeah, I can give you everything that I have. Uh, to you. And then he said, now I know what you're talking about. You know, because he has his own son. Yeah. So when you have a baby, what is happening inside of you? That's what's more important than what happens on the outside. So real journey is what happens on the inside. How they affect 
what happened on the outside, how they affected you internally. Did it make you a happier person? And why? Or did it make you think about your life in a, in a new way? How did that change the way you think about your life? Did it open your eyes so that you can see new things about your life and God? Did it make you think why I have lived all this time with this narrow and suffocating attitude? What is happening outside affects what is happening inside, and we need to reflect on what is happening inside. The fact is, we can see what is happening outside easily, but what is happening inside is hard to see. We are too lazy to see it, or we are too scared to see it. We don't even think about what is happening inside us. How many times do you really think what is happening inside you? Many times, we don't even think about what is happening inside us. We're just busy doing outside. So this kind of opportunity, you come and I think about what is happening inside. If we only know an outer person, then we are living only half of life. Only half of life. If we focus on inner life, we'll get to know our inner self better. And the inner self is as real as our outer self. But it is harder to see, harder to hear, and harder to understand our inner self. There's a person in the Bible, Nicodemus. He was a well-educated man, rich, powerful, religious, and everything he had on the outside. So outer man, he was almost perfect. <laughs> but when Jesus met Nicodemus, what did he say? You have to be born again. <laughs> in other words, start your journey again with your inner person. What is happening inside of you? You have to start new, born again. So Jesus is talking about not outer person, but the inner person. We have two selves, outer person and inner person. That was what St. Paul said. For which cause we faint not, but though our outer man perish, yet the inner man is renewed day by day. It's a King James Version. And NRSV says, So we do not lose heart, even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. The scripture consistently says that happiness resides in the inner person, not the outer person. Not only the scripture, but a lot of spiritual people, whether they are Christians or not, they all say that real happiness resides in the inner person. 
most of you here will conceptually agree that that is true. But we naively believe, this is, not, I think, naive belief. We naively believe that if our outer person is okay, our inner person will be okay. Our parents teaching their children, immigrant parents, they only focused on outer man, outer self. Work hard, study hard, get a good job. It's all about our person. Then you'll be happy. They naively believe that if your outer person is okay, then your inner person will be okay. If your outer person is happy, then your inner person will be happy. So we learn to focus on our outer person. We get good career going, beautiful home. We make enough money to be comfortable. Nothing wrong with all those. But it is wrong if you think that these things will automatically be translated into inner satisfaction. No. The happiness of our person will not automatically translate into happiness of the inner person. That assumption is wrong. When you read Paul's life or other disciples' life, after meeting Jesus, their outer person became worse. They went through so much persecutions, difficulties, and hardship, but their inner person became renewed tremendously. So outer person and inner person, they are not necessarily together. Our inner person is much more complex than our outer person. If we, if we eat good food, like this morning's breakfast, it was good, eh? Yeah. It was really, really good. And Ina said the highlights of the, all the retreats are good food. <laughs> it is, it is. Good food. If we eat good food, our outer person enjoys it. If we go to an exotic place and our, our outer person will say, oh, nice, luxurious, good but not necessarily the inner person. Inner person can be still sad, unsatisfied, unhappy. The inner person cannot be satisfied with things like eating good food and buying good things. We cannot simply say that our outer person controls or determines the condition of our inner person. But we focus so much on the outer person, naively assuming that inner person will be okay. 
Today, uh, in the morning uh, reflection, Bob, you led very, very good morning devotion today. Thank you. He was a leader, our leader. And he was so gentle and gave people time to uh, reflect and meditate. We meditate on uh, to not worry about tomorrow, uh, Jesus' uh, message. And he said, your body is more important than clothes. And while reading it, this thought came to me. Oh, this body is your real self. And the clothes is your presented self. Who you are and who you present to be. You wear clothes to show who you are. But the body is, Jesus said, body is more important than clothes. Who you are is more important than who you present to be. And Jesus said, you're much, much more valuable than all these. He's talking about whoever you are, you're much, much more valuable than anything in the world. If we focus only on outer self, we don't see the value of who we are. What did Jesus say? The kingdom of God is where? Kingdom of God is within you. This is what Jesus said. Neither shall they say, lo here, or low there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. So in you, what do you have? You have the kingdom. Not on the outer person, but in the inner person. The image of God is carved not on the outer person. The image of God is carved on your inner person. When your inner person is happy, it's all right. Even though difficulties come, you'll be all right. You'll be taken care of. Do not worry. If your inner person is strong, you'll be able to overcome all the challenges that you face in your life. Find the kingdom within you. That's our journey. Finding the kingdom. What does St. Paul say? What do you have in you? You have treasure, he said. This is what St. Paul said. But we have this treasure in clay jars. We are clay jars on the outer person. But in the inner person, we have treasure so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. And how many times we completely ignore what's going on in the inner person. Our journey is journey of finding kingdom, finding treasure within us. That's what salvation is. I hope that you can all find the beautiful treasure within you.
Until then, all your efforts will go into proving yourself how valuable you are. You don't need to prove yourself how valuable you are. You are already very valuable. Jesus said, you are more precious than the whole world. Jesus died for you. That much you're precious. For a son of for the son of God to die for you. That much you're precious. In that sense, spiritual journey is to discover our true inner self. Eckhart said, God is at home. You're the one who went out. God is home. You're the one who went out. Prodigal son's story is very much that. So journey is journey to come back home to yourself. You went out, you need to come back home to yourself. Unfortunately, we don't see what's inside of us. So at this retreat, even though it is hard, practice it. Try to see what's your inner person. Have quiet time. Walk on your own. Have a coffee and think about what your heart tells you. Pray if you can. Whatever you do, be in touch with your inner self. At first, you will have a hard time. You won't even know what you're doing. You will hear nothing at first. But slowly, you will be able to hear something truthful about yourself. So prepare your inner self. My friends, I really hope that nothing bad happens to you. Nothing bad happens to you. I truly pray that, and I truly wish that and hope that. But thing is, life is not like that. Nothing bad cannot not happen. So I don't want to live life wishing that nothing happens. That's a weak life. That's a kind of you're waiting, you're just wishing for the lottery, you know. What is the chance that nothing bad will happen? In your life. What is important is instead of just wishing that nothing bad happens to your life, you prepare your inner self so that when bad, something bad happens, you know how to deal with it. But if you're not prepared when nothing bad happens, I mean, something bad happens, you collapse. So I really wish that nothing bad happens to you. But living with that wish is weak life. That's not what Jesus taught. Even something bad happens, 
Now it's good. good. Everything is good. But even bad, uh, something bad happens, I know how to deal with it. To do that, inner self has to be trained, disciplined, can handle it, has to be strong. Then you can handle it. Then bad things happen, good. Good things happen, good. I can handle it. I'm not fearful. I'm not scared anymore of my life. Anything can happen in any situation, I can deal with it. That's what St. Paul said. I learn to be content in all I do, whether I'm hungry or well-fed. I can do all with God who makes it possible. That inner person, if you have that, then your life will be much, much more confident and handle the challenges. You can risk more and then you can move on. That's why I'm saying inner person is how important to build and cultivate that inner person in your life. And tomorrow, uh, tonight, I'm going to share uh, three things about what really makes a journey not possible uh, because of three things of our inner person. What three things are bothering us to stop us from taking journey seriously? So that's what I'm going to uh, share tonight. So today uh, we talked about journey is not journey on the outer person, journey on the inner person, and the journey is finding treasure, kingdom, and value within us, and be strong uh, there. And then uh, what are the things, a uh, false self that we create for ourselves? Tonight I'm going to talk about the false self, false inner self, that, or you can, you can say the outer self, uh, false self that we create uh, uh, for us. All right. Uh, let us pray. Lord, we thank you for giving us this life, the precious life. Instead of wasting it away, help us to take journey intentionally and seriously and spiritually. We ask your Lord to guide us and lead us in our spiritual journey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.